This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hands up how many of you knew about Rico Lewis this time last year. Now keep your hand up if you thought he'd have this big of an impact this early on in his Manchester City career. It's been quite the rise to prominence for City's teenage prodigy with our Rico set for a bumper contract extension. We'll be discussing that and much more in today's show. Plus, there's the final quarterfinal of the John Stones paint trophy to look forward to as well. It's Friday the 28th of July. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Adam Booker. And I'm Oliver Lowe. And this is the City Report Podcast. With me today is Adam Booker and Oliver Lowe. Um, much like the introduction, probably guessed it isn't. A, you haven't turned into a dog over the summer, Oliver. That is your little pup barking away. But it's good to see you again, man. It's been a it's been a while. First appearance of the season. It's uh, it's exciting. Yeah, excited to be back. Uh, clearly, Norman feels the same way. Um, I've tried my best to mute him, but um, his excitement is clearly just ever present. So, um, yeah, feeling very good about the season for Man City, football being back, but also all the content that the City Report podcast are going to be bringing to the listeners. Cancel culture's gone mad, Adam. We're trying to silence dogs now. It's um, it's horrific, isn't it? They'll never they'll never catch a break. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, my suggestions for uh, for Oliver to get the dog to stop barking probably wouldn't go over well on this this very public podcast. So I, I won't say what I'm thinking. We're all dog lovers there as well. So um, watch it, watch it. Um, but yeah, how are you doing, by the way, Adam? Because obviously it's um, you're you're in the midst of your summer there. You're currently, for anyone who isn't watching the uh, the visual version of this show, uh, you're in a you're in a woods, and, and I have to say it's looking like the start of some sort of Scandi noir drama. I feel like. Your, your suggestion suggestion for shutting Oliver's dog up might work on us as well. Well, Oliver Kirsch made a similar uh, comment when I sent a picture of the cabin that I'm staying at, and you know he referenced a variety of of horror movies that he thinks uh, my life is going to take shape in, in in the shape of those. But uh, no, I'm just in a beautiful cabin out here at the mountain. Nice, dude. I'm just doing normal, you know, twenty twenty seven year old white man things. Now I'm. I'm- like murder. Yeah. Yeah, like like I, murder, I was gonna yeah. say, Oliver, of all the City Report podcast contributors, the most likely to turn out to be a murderer probably is Adam. Is that fair? Is that fair? <laughs> it, I, it, don't, I mean I don't understand. I don't, that, know, but... I don't know to be fair. I mean, maybe maybe the mustache <laughs> is the only thing, but I I feel like Ollie Kirsch. I just feel like he has a real I feel like he has an unhinged energy. Uh, that if you push him too far, you know, he could definitely um, commit a couple <laughs> homicides. Uh, I, I guess it's just your, uh, you. I don't. I don't like being painted with this brush. I'm. I am no, no murderer. No. Uh, yeah. We don't want to indict anyone. I. I mean, I get off pretty lightly. To be fair, I was voted. I think in the in the quiz or the um, the questions from the the listeners um most likely to win a wwe rumble and my name's not being mentioned as a murderer so clearly i'm being painted in a good light hey spotifiers click or tap the banner to listen to rap caviar the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever brought to you by our friends at stars and the new season of power book four force Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Before we before we start a Royal Rumble, let's get into today's show. We're going to speak about Rico Lewis, um, and maybe this is a sort of testament to where City's transfer window is at the moment. But it, it, it's news that deserves um, covering itself. Obviously, Rico Lewis burst onto the scene last year. He's going to be rewarded with a six-year contract extension. I believe that's five years plus the opportunity for an extra one. It's obviously his first proper deal with the senior squad, having come through the youth team last season. He made 23 appearances during City's treble winning campaign, a five-fold salary increase, according to Jack Gorn in the Daily Mail. Adam, I don't know what a five-fold salary increase entails, but I do know I would love to have a five-fold salary increase. I would take a one-fold <laughs> salary increase increase at this point. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a player that's obviously worth getting 
a pay raise. I mean, he, I would imagine that when he broke onto the scene, he was still on a very relatively um, small contract in the grand scheme of things, having just come out of the academy and, and kind of just broken into the, the senior team. So I haven't looked at the actual figures of his new contract, but I would imagine that, um, you know, the club have done right by him and, and offered him or, or um, already begun paying him a salary that, you know, is kind of more on par with his contribution, which was, you know, night and day from the start of last season to the end of last season. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it's a major. It's a major story in terms of uh, Rico Lewis's career. And I said in the introduction, how many of you knew about him last year? Well, I, I assume quite a few people, those who cover and, and follow the uh, the youth teams, especially. But I don't think anybody was predicting he'd have this big of an impact so early on in his City career. Oliver, do, do you think? Now, I'll be a bit cynical here. Do you, do you think it's deserved? And, you know, I, personally, I, I believe it probably is. Or is there maybe a, a, a chance that City are jumping the gun a little bit? Obviously, Rico Lewis just recently turned 18. He's probably not going to be tempted with moves elsewhere if the prospect of playing 20, 30 games per season in City senior team is available. Do you think they needed to move this this big money contract down the line this early on or or? or? Like I said, is it completely deserved given his contributions last year? I think it's a mixed bag, the answer. I mean, did they need to? Probably not. Is it deserved? Yes. Have City always historically in the past sort of six, seven years given increased contracts to the players who show that they deserve it? Yeah, they have. Like City have never been a club that are tight-fisted. Um you know, they've always rewarded players who deserve those rewards. I think Ruben Diaz got a contract extension after his first year at City due to his contribution. Same with players like John Stones in recent years. Nathan Ake is obviously in talks at the moment. We look after our players. I think that's sort of the be-all and end-all of it. I think anyone who's sort of saying Rico Lewis doesn't deserve it, the only argument they can really give for it is his age. But in terms of his contribution to the squad, I don't see why he wouldn't, be deserving of a contract extension you know um i think rico lewis's importance to last season is probably almost understated a little bit because a lot of it i imagine wasn't on the pitch um i think a lot of it will have been to do with sort of i guess the molding of that inverted fallback role which we spoke about a lot throughout the season city always tends to do these um documentaries towards the end of the season I'm, ho- I'm hoping one might come out although there's not been wind of any but if one did I wouldn't be surprised to see a clip of of um you know John Stones being held by the neck by Pep Guardiola and saying watch this 18 year old boy watch what he does this is what you need to do uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of you know BTS clip of that happening and John Stones just sort of following Rico Lewis around with a pan and a pen and pad just saying yes yeah, so, so how how do you make those you know those runs into the middle um because I, I genuinely think that it's it comes a lot more naturally to him than it has to stones and stones has benefited from it so yeah i think i think he deserves it i think in years to come we'll see a lot more of him in that role himself but um overall i just think he's a he's a brilliant player for the the squad i think he's got a lot more to offer he's young he's lively and he's in his yeah, own yeah city city certainly are meritocratic in that sense when it comes to handing out contract extensions 
I can't really remember any player who's been given a freebie. Uh, maybe perhaps someone would argue Cancelo. Obviously, he's contracted to 2027, signed in February 2022. But at the time, he was probably the best fullback in the world. And, and that's really the only mistake in terms of handing out a long contract City have made. But obviously, interestingly enough, it's linked to Rico Lewis's advancement. Um, but in terms of his playing time and, and his contributions, Adam, it's probably the clearest indication we've had yet of of two things really the fact that Rico Lewis is certainly going to be a part of the squad next season um there was some sort of auxiliary interest from the usual European clubs in terms of wanting to take him on loan you know the likes of Borussia Dortmund Ajax I imagine have sniffed around him he's sort of their profile City so have said no to that quite straight batted defended it away but also the system and we had hints that it would be the case. We've seen in pre-season already that it is the case. But this three-five-two, three-four-one-zero, you know, whatever you, whatever we're going to call it this year, it's here to stay. And Rico Lewis is a massive, massive part of that, as we saw in the um, after Christmas of the last season. Yeah, and he can play a variety of roles in it as well. You know, I think the the benefit of the kind of, you know, inverted fullback or at times what became the inverted center back is that because you have, if you are in that position, you have a variety of roles to play in a game. You have to be, you know, defending one-on-one, you step into midfield, you carry the ball into midfield, you, um, you know, link up the play kind of like a, a Rodri would. Um, that's a perfect role for a player like Rico, because we've seen kind of everything from him. We've seen him in the academy play both the inverted role the kind of up and down classic right back role. We've seen him simply play as a holding midfielder. Um, so, you know, if if John Stones is kind of the guy to do that position going forward, like Oliver said, he, he probably learned it from Rico Lewis because he's been doing it since he was, you know, a fetus at this point <laughs> with the way the academy is, is running. So, <laughs> to be fair, um, he doesn't look much taller than so, that at the moment, does he? Which is yeah. remarkable considering how much he puts himself about. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to mention the kind of Gavardial Cancelo aspect of all of this because his role is going to be so heavily influenced by what City do in the remainder of, of the transfer window because there's a world in which Rico Lewis can be probably a second choice right back or inverted fullback whatever you want to call it or he can be almost a, a fourth choice depending on what happens going forward in the window so it's really hard to gauge where he stands in the squad at the moment um, I think we're seeing good things in preseason. He, he played in midfield against Bayern and, and looked really, really good. Um, but I think the issue for Rico at the moment is his future at the club is just so heavily dependent on what the what the club does in the remainder of the window. Yeah, it, it is. It is um, in terms of you know, is he going to get? 23 matches like he did last season or is he going to go and get 40 appearances you know that 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 certainly is up in the air but it, it does look as if this contract extension gives him a rubber stamp as in you will be in the first team personally speaking I, I, I don't know how much football he needs to get in terms of I won't be disappointed shocked surprised if we're sat here this time next year, and he's only got 23 appearances again. In fact, I think that's probably the right amount for an 18-year-old. You don't want to be getting to a situation where he is playing 40 matches and you're almost relying on this player and, A, you know, burnout, but B, overworking him, putting the pressure on his shoulders at such an early age. The senior players are there for a reason. But in terms of um, 
the way he plays, Oliver, he, he did he did really well in that friendly against Bayern Munich. And and again, I've, I've said I, I take usually take little interest in preseason friendlies. It's the time when we're all starved of football and we come to sweeping conclusions. But one thing we can. Uh, one thing we have taken from that is his position because at times he was ad- as advanced as Alvarez in terms of making these late runs, almost Gundogan-esque, making these late runs into the box. He got a few shooting opportunities as well. Do you think his future lies in midfield? Obviously, he when he came through, he was being played more as a conventional orthodox right back. City don't really play with those anymore, but in terms of where he would play on the pitch... Would you prefer it to be going forward as a right centre-back or do you think he is more effective in midfield alongside someone like Rodri or Kovacic or John Stones even, the uh, the newfangled midfielder himself? I mean, I sort of think that Man City have evolved past the point of positions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in this in this day and age, the, the word is fluid, isn't it? Mm. I just... The, We've had, what, seven years of Pep Guardiola? How many times have we all been scratching our heads when we look at lineups being posted like an hour before kickoff and going, who, how, like, where's this person going to play? You know, this year it's inverted fullbacks, sort of half as a CDM. I wouldn't be surprised if next year it's inverted fullbacks who are half striker, <laughs> half goalkeeper. And, you know, we joke by it, but that is yeah. literally what Pep Guardiola has done to football. You know, like we, we make these jokes, but two years ago, if someone said to me, oh, your right back's going to, you know, play play half right back, half CDM. I'd go, what? Like, are you mental? And that's just what he's done. So I, I genuinely don't feel the need to worry too much about where his best position is or where he's most effective. Because you look at Rico, you look at multiple players within the the Manchester City setup. They can be effective mm. in loads of different areas, and that that is what's brilliant about for, you know Man City as a club, but mainly realistically about Pep Guardiola is you, you know he he always has the missing piece to the puzzle, and if if the puzzle piece doesn't fit, he'll you know he'll get some scissors out and cut it to the right shape. That's just what he does. So, I mean, look, I, I didn't watch the buying game. I was in work. Um, I'm I'm sure Rico Lewis played fantastically. Um, from from what I gather, it was a pretty steady match. Um, but yeah, I just sort of think that he will be brilliant in whatever position he plays. I agree with what, what both you and Adam have said. He doesn't he doesn't need 40 games next season. I don't think a contract extension warrants that. I don't think he's at the stage of his career where he needs that. I think realistically, the I, I guess the more progressed you get into your career and the more established you become, the harder contract extensions are to come by, if that makes sense. Now, I know that sounds a little bit weird, but when you're 18 and you're coming through the U setup, to get your first contract extension, just play 10 to 15 games, maybe have one really standout cup performance, score a goal, you get your first contract. Now, that maybe sounds a bit cynical, but you know I remember a certain Phil Foden who had played five to 10 senior appearances, got that first contract extension, and then we got the famous, was it Neil Curtis tweet saying <laughs> Foden agrees to sit on the bench for six years? So I, I don't, look, I think it's great. I don't think we need to put too much pressure on him. I think 20 to 30 appearances next year, whether they're starts or off the bench, will be more than suitable for him. I think the biggest thing for him is to just keep progressing. Realistically, we don't know how much of Pep Guardiola we've got left. So if he can just soak up every single second and then in two to three years, if he's our starting right back and he's had three years under Pep Guardiola, I'll be happy. 
just on what you said about uh, Guardiola getting his scissors out to do the jigsaw piece, I'm, I'm enjoying the thought of him sat at home um, with his with his wife Christina, sort of just trying to m- squeeze this jigsaw piece, and I can imagine him getting really irate about that. But um, Adam, as that's that's probably what he does. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I imagine I imagine his wife sort of goes, "That's not going to work, Pep. That's not going to work." And then at the end, they look at the jigsaw, and it's actually perfect. Yeah. And she's it, like, "It's nothing. It's nothing that? like that's it was Pep, meant to look on the, bo- on the box. So it looks nothing like it does on the box. He's just completely. <laughs> it's yeah, better, yeah, exactly. Um, Adam, as we begin to sort of wrap this part one up, then um, in terms of the philosoph- uh, philosophical question about City's academy. Do you think it's important that the academy is producing players for the first team and it isn't just there? We, we know it's there primarily as a money-making method. They've made some incredible profits over the last sort of 12, 18 months alone. But do you think it is important that a Phil Foden, a Cole Palmer, a Rico Lewis every now and again come through into that uh, into the first team to sort of maybe keep the, I don't know, the mythology about it in the academy itself because it's it's great you know when you can go to city's academy you can have 12 13 14 15 months on your cv you know you've come through the youth teams or whatever but there has to be an end goal doesn't there it's not going to be the case for for 99 of the players but just to have those couple who do come through is, is it important city have that i think from an emotional point of view yeah it's great for people like us to see cole palmer and and Phil Foden and James McAtee and players like that get out of the academy and play for the first team. But realistically, there's no difference between, you know, on paper, there's no difference between selling three academy products for 10 million each and buying a 30 pound, 30 million pound winger from Leon. <laughs> no, I know Leon has uh, 30 million pound issues, but I think that's probably a bit too far. <laughs> um, so realistically, no, there's no they don't the club doesn't need to bring players out of the academy into the first team i think what's important to the club and they this is something they've been very vocal about is that the the players are getting a fantastic education in football and they're going on to have great careers i mean just look at some of the players that have left the uh, the academy in recent years like romeo lavia gavin bazunu um you know james trafford now going to burnley and players like that that are going and making big contributions elsewhere at big clubs. And um, I think that's the most you can hope for, especially at this level. Like if City were not chasing trebles year on year, then there's a bit more leeway to bring in players and give them the time to adapt. But um, I think the only people that truly benefit from an academy product going from you know the U6 team to the first team is people like us because it's a great story emotionally. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's bringing in money to fund transfers. It's bringing in money to fund other investment into the club. The players that are leaving are leaving with a great football education and they're having great careers. I think that's really the most you can ask for. You, you know what sh- struck me and, and really just in the, convers- in the time we've been having this conversation, but Looking at City's first team squad, excluding Scott Carson, because obviously he, he's you know a different situation there. But of the sort of 21, 22, 23 players, almost a third of them, or at least over a third of them, are English, Oliver, and that and that's that's crazy, isn't it? You know, you're looking at Phil Foden, Grealish, um, Stones, Kyle Walker. Obviously, we don't know where his future lies. Calvin Phillips, they're all first team senior England players. But then as well, Cole Palmer just won the under 21 European Championships of England. Rico Lewis is of that ilk as well. 
quietly over the last five, six years, Pep Guardiola's built a, a team which the majority of the, the spine is made of English talent, which is, you know, it, it, it's, it's testament to Guardiola as well, but also the way City operate. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't say for certain, but Pep's always seemed to enjoy bringing the, a sort of natural nationality within any team that he's managed, hasn't he? Um, because City never really seemed to be fussed about homegrown quota before um, before Pep. And as a matter of fact, a lot of the time we struggled with it, we had to sign players like Scott Sinclair just to oh. sort of meet that quota. Now it it, it doesn't seem to be um, as much as much of a problem. Um, I, I on one point agree with what um, Adam said in the fact that realistically it doesn't matter, you know, about the academy. On the other hand, I sort of I think it's like the Hunger Games, you know, one tribute gets to win, and that's what drives people on. It's always like you want you want to see the Phil Foden, the Cole Palmer, because that will give, especially the ones that are you know getting towards a, a realistic breaking point of am I going to become a professional footballer or maybe going to do something else. It it really does give that driving factor of you know there are players that I used to walk you know through the academy with and see training who are now professional footballers for. Manchester City um, but you know apart from that I agree with Adam's point it, it should be there to, to fund transfers mm. if we actually used any of the money for transfers that that would be nice <laughs> um, but that's another another topic for another day I, I can already see potentially people like Amos getting angry in the comments of this episode so I want to caveat what I said by saying that I understand the local connection of having players like Cole Palmer James McAtee, Phil Fode, and Rico Lewis come through. I think if, you know, if there was a, a kid in the, the City Academy from Portland, Oregon, I would probably have a bit more of an emotional connection to them coming through. Um, so I just, I wanted to put that little asterisk I've in there, which, you know, it's a, it's a Manchester City podcast and an asterisk that has to be applied yeah, to everything. Yeah, I've, I've already typed my comment. I've already got angry in the... Uh... In the comments below, um, Oliver, you, you quickly yeah. mentioned Hunger Games. Which of the city squad would be killed first in the uh, in the Hunger Games? Who would win it? Oh, I feel like Jack Grealish would be killed first. <laughs> I do love it. He'd be too busy partying, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, he'd, he'd be partying. I think Ruben Diaz would have to win it, wouldn't he? Yeah, he'd um, he'd be like a machine. He'd definitely be from. Um, what was it called? Division District one or one. sector one, yeah. whatever it's called in the hung district one. Yeah. He'd be from district one, Ruben Diaz, wouldn't he? He's been trained since birth for it. I reckon um, Nathan Ake would have a decent shot, Adam. Is Jack Grealish being slaughtered? Is he slaughtered in a different way this time for Jack Grealish, but is he, uh, is he going first in the hunger games? I think it would have to be Ruben Diaz probably, but I think there's some, some dark horse shouts. I feel like Ederson, mm. I, f I think Ederson would probably play really mm. dirty. And, and and scrape yeah, through. I can, I can imagine him not sleeping the entire time it's on. Um, but anyway, that, that'll do for part one. Join us in a sec as we finish and we wrap up the quarterfinal stage of the John Stones Paint Trophy. Adam, thank you very much for your contributions today. Thank you. Oliver, thank you very much for your contributions today. Thank you and thank you also to Norman, my dog. <laughs> Stay right there. We'll be back in a moment. The NFL is here, and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Welcome to the last quarterfinal of this year's John Stone's Paint Trophy and it's an all-American affair. Few people are expecting these two to go all the way and it's already being dubbed a battle of the bums. Their words, not mine. But it does promise to be a feisty affair with a place in the semi-finals up for grabs. It's Joe Ricci versus Andrew Data Detmer. Andrew, how are you feeling ahead of this clash? Uh, you know, I feel like I don't have any ability to predict because we don't even know the types of questions really that are coming up. And mm. I feel like this is very much a, uh, if I know it, I'm going to know it. And if I have no clue, then I'm going to be so far off base that, um, my guesses may at the very least entertain the listeners, but, um, I'm just going to hope that you put at least one right down the middle of the plate for me. <laughs> um, a few people have come unstuck with that sort of, you know, going in with it blind. I know John Ashley, um, he raised a few complaints that um, Adam, his opponent, was able to sit in on the other the other rounds, obviously producing the show. But um, Joe, you are you were you you were amongst the, the you know the middle favourites. Um, like I said, not expected to take the crown, or at least that's what the bookies are saying. Don't don't come at me. But how how are you feeling? Are you happy with the draw? Would you have liked someone else, or do you think you can uh, you can smoke him? Uh I was always a big like fan of multiple choice one in doubt guess c type guy so that should tell you everything you need to know about how i feel going into this so uh i don't think it mattered who i drew i wasn't really too confident well then uh, let's get into it joe you are up first you have the benefit of uh, of taking the first question um a refresher for anyone who hasn't listened to the other episodes go back as well as well and listen to the other quarterfinals but there are three questions each um, one round is on the Premier League, one round is on the FA Cup, one round is on the Champions League. If needed, there will be a tiebreaker to separate the two competitors. But Joe, your question on the Premier League is, Erling Haaland was obviously City's top scorer in the Premier League with 36 goals. But can you please tell me who City's second highest goal scorer was in the league for the 2022-23 campaign? That's a good question. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think I know the answer to this, and now oh, I'm sad. the mind games have started already. So the, the the player with the second most goals in the Premier League in the Premier League, yeah. Erling Haaland. Now, if I don't get it, does Andrew get a chance at it? Nope, he's got his own okay, question. I mean, okay. you can, you can have a meaning. Go I can him. speak freely out loud and not worry yeah. that it's going to get. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> my 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 immediate thing was thinking, well, go to the next best goal scorer which is julian alvarez Mm. but i have this i'm gonna go with my gut which has just been in the back of my mind and say phil foden 
Phil Foden. I've got a nod from Andrew, and yeah, correct, it is. Yeah. You got eleven goals. It's a really, to be honest, that's a really good answer because I wouldn't. When it came through, I, I, I assumed Alvarez. I wouldn't have have had Foden second there um, at all. I can't. I can't remember how many Alvarez had. Alvarez was the Eight? top scorer. Yeah, possibly something like that. Alvarez was the top scorer, uh, second top scorer behind Haaland in all competitions. Obviously, he played a lot in the FA Cup and the Champions League. Um, Andrew, then sticking with Haaland, excuse me, sticking with Haaland, he made headlines for his goal-scoring exploits in 2022-23. But can you please tell me which Premier League side he scored the most goals against across the two fixtures? Um, there are two teams with the same number. I only need one. So which team? Essentially, does Haaland have the most Premier League goals against? Hmm. I'm just trying to play, <laughs> replay every back. single Haaland goal. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> not replay the goals. I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to remember like our high-scoring games, and then try mm. to think like was Haaland involved in that? Probably. Basically, like what hat trick. Reverse fixture that he's scoring is really what it comes into. Yeah, I'm just, tr- but the problem is, it's just like my my brain is going blank. Like Fulham came to mind, but I'm like, no, I know that's not the case because we were there for one of them, and he only scored mm. one, and I don't think he played the second one. Um, it wouldn't be Forrest because we didn't score one of those games. Oh, be a real shame if you didn't get it, Andrew. Real shame. <laughs> Hey, Joe, I have some unkind words for you that I'm not going to... Um, <laughs> I promise to vice the affair and it's delivery. Say out loud. Um, shoot. Oh, God. Oh. I'm going to have to push you for an answer. Um, I'm going to go with... United? United, United, United. Unfortunately not. Um, obviously cool. didn't score at Old Trafford in the reverse fixture. He, he did get a hat-trick. And as Joe said, it was about which teams did he score, um, having had a hat-trick in the Etihad game. And Joe, do you have any educated guesses for this one? So I was going bottom half of the table, because I was thinking United at first, but I know mm. he didn't score in the reverse fixture. So I was going to say Wolves? Wolves would have been correct, yeah. Oh. Um, he was. Uh, he obviously got the hat-trick in the uh, home game and then scored away from home. Crystal Palace was the other one as well. Uh, Is that oh, four right. for each? Four for each, correct, yeah. Yeah, see, um, I knew I knew it was four, and I just was like, I can't think of it. I was like, <laughs> I can't think of any of the games where he scored. Like, I just could not think of Wolves. Yeah. and mm, I almost said Palace, but I just couldn't remember if he'd gotten a hat-trick against them. Yeah, hmm, unlucky. Um, right, okay, FA Cup question then. Uh, Joe, you get to take this one first. Sergio Gomez was regularly used during City's FA Cup run, but can you please tell me who City signed the Spaniard from? Anderlecht. Oh, straight off the bat. Easy, easy peasy. Yeah, I've, I've got a shake of the head from Andrew. He's not happy. Is, are you putting in a steward's inqu- inquiry already? I'm just saying his two <laughs> questions have been r- incredibly... Did you notice who Simple. complimented the host at the beginning? It wasn't you. <laughs> um, are you are you are you trying to are you trying to uh, accuse the um the the question master of unruly business? Hey, wh- t- how you interpret my statements are entirely up to you. I merely <laughs> and Andrew, I can arguably say you know an Italian would never get into match fixing, never. So we don't have to worry <laughs> about that. <laughs> 
Um, well, no, if you would, you would have done it so badly that I still would have won, because that's how... <laughs> You would have All right, next, fixed a match next. for me. <laughs> oh, it's heating up. Um, let's let's see what you think of this question and if you can get it right. I mean, it wouldn't have been an issue had you got your first question right, but um, <laughs> I believe if you get this wrong, then Andrew, you Correct. could be you could be out straight away. Um, okay, it's on the FA Cup, and I want you to tell me, please, from the teams that City played during their FA Cup run, how many of them have red as one of the primary colours in their home? shirt not necessarily the, the kit they played against city in during the fa cup run but how many of them have red in their home shirt and i don't i don't want to be you know zooming yeah. in on certain clubs and they find a little no no, no no an actual a red and, and something else but um to be clear we're by red you mean like we not like maroon but no, red no red, red okay just i'm making sure all the shades okay so it's at least two for United and Sheffield United. It's palpable. Arsenal. <laughs> Place in the quiz is up for uh I'm gonna say I'm gonna go idea. with my gut, which is telling me it's three. You're going with three? I've got a shake of the head from Joe, and it's it is and uh, you're right to shake your head because it's wrong. Joe, how many? Is it four? I it's want to say four, it's four. Yeah. Arsenal, it's, Liverpool, uh, Sheffield, United, and... and I blanked Manier. on Liverpool. I was thinking they well, were EFL you Cup. Wouldn't, you, you were right was with that... the number, but you wouldn't have been right with the with the, um, with the the opponent. City played Liverpool in the League Cup. It was Bristol City. The other Bristol team, City. Oh, okay. The other team that play in red. Oh, unfortunately, Andrew, you're out. Joe, you're through. Yeah. But we, we will continue into the Champions League to see um, where where this quiz would have gone. Uh, Joe, your question on City's Champions League run is as follows. Stefan Ortega played a bit part role in City's Champions League run, but please can you tell me how many appearances the German goalkeeper wrapped up in total across all competitions for the 2022-23 season? Okay, all competitions. Okay. So you're looking for a whitewash here? You need a... That I think it'd be alongside of Alex, the first competitor to get all three questions correct, um, if my memory serves me right. I hate that I know this one. <laughs> you know the exact number of appearances the in all competitions? Because I, I figured that was going to be a question, and I was like, who would be a, like a very <laughs> good person to pick? And I was like, oh, Ortega. Well, the sneaky the part keeper. is like the end of the season in the Premier League, right? He got some mm-hmm. thrown in there. Uh, Normally, you can just say zero in the prem. Um, I'm going to say 16. Oh, Oh, that's so close. Andrew, what was your uh, your answer? It's 14, right? Yes, it is 14. He got, obviously, all six FA Cup games. There's two in the Champions League. um, Sevilla at home and Dortmund away. Three in the Premier League towards the back end of the season. Three in Mm. the League Cup and one in the Community Shield. So, good effort. Um, It doesn't mean so much because you're already through. But, Andrew, you can can get a a scoreline. A consolation goal. Yeah, better reflects (laughs) what you would see as your intellect. But um, your Champions League question is, City obviously won the Champions League against Inter Milan, if you hadn't heard by now, in what was the pair's first ever meeting. But please can you tell me how many matches the Blues have played against Italian opposition in the competition since they've made their debut in 2011? Good God. 
Uh, so this includes the Inter Milan game as well. Um, yeah. And repeating opposition matches will... Right, yeah, I assumed it was well. ever... Did any competitive match in the Champions yeah. League. It's so hard because I, like, I feel like we haven't played that many Italian teams, but I can't... I'm just trying to... Yeah. Where's Shakhtar doing I feel like this answer is going to surprise me. Yeah. You can probably match them all on their own. Um, we go with nine. Nine. Um, close. Very, very close. What, what, what opposition were you thinking there? Because you two off. It was eleven. Um, so... I, I knew it was one. So I was like, it's either nine or eleven. Because I was just like, I can't think of particular opposition. I'm just like trying to think of like, mm. like I know we played a few teams, and I was like, but it's not so consistent, and it's always been in. It's always going to be in pairs unless we played them in the final. Yeah. Yeah, and I was I like, think... "There's no way it's more than like ten, nine, or eight to ten. And I was like, "So it's either nine or it's eleven. And so I it's, just went with. It's Napoli, and I'm saying this. I don't know that it's the correct answer. It's Napoli, Juve, Roma, Atalanta, Inter. Yes, they are that. So are that's the I could team. think of two of those. Yeah, yeah. Na Napoli, Napoli in 2011-12, and Napoli in 2017-18. Roma in 2014-15. Juve in 2015-16. Atlanta 18-19, and obviously Inter Milan 22-23. But chaps, that um that brings this quarterfinal and the quarterfinal stage to an end. Commiserations, Andrew. You were bit bit bitter grapes. Or are you are you okay? I'm I'm perfectly adequate that uh, I did not know the answer to any of the questions you asked me. I'm very okay <laughs> um, that I yeah. didn't get any of those right. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I think you're the first person to score zero. So um, who would have had that beforehand? But Joe, you're through. Um, a little bit of a shock for the books there. You, you doubted yourself at the start, and you, you've uh, you've made it through to the last four. I'm, I'm sure from this point in, you'll be um, looking to looking to lift the John Stones paint trophy. Um, I don't even know when the final will be in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, it's not about you know the bookies aren't always right, and uh, I'd just like to thank everyone who stood by me so far. You know. We'll see him in the next round. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. We'll have the semi-finals for you next week, so listen out for them. Like I said, if you haven't already, you can go back to the episodes that we've already done. The quarterfinals are now finished. Hit follow, hit subscribe if you haven't already. Until next time, we'll see you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? 
at participating restaurants only 18 and plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans